Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's turn it So, we've been doing this for nearly four full years now, and somehow, uh, despite our our frequent discussion uh, of kind of the ways that technology and, and the internet intersect with and affect our millennial lives, uh, we haven't discussed something really important. Namely, which friend's character are you? Oh. Hmm. Well. <laughs> or what cheese are you? <laughs> Do you think it could be just the stars have never aligned for it? You know, I, I, because I, I, I think I should, you know, my horoscope never said that it was time to discuss that. Um, I, I found a quiz that'll tell me which cheese I am. If we have a few minutes, I can oh, okay. I can answer that and get back to you. There it I is. Also, there yeah. it is. Uh, yeah, so somehow in all this time that we've been doing this thing, we haven't talked about uh, personality quizzes. And I, I was thinking about it this week uh, because of the raft of kind of uh, random animation, uh, what blank are you Instagram filters that's been popping up where you, yes. you know, you find this filter and you point it at your face and it will, you know, it will spin through like it's a slot machine and tell you what Disney character you are or what Pokemon you are. Um, and I just, it was, it, I think the, the inciting incident for me was uh, Emily doing it and doing the what cheese are you specifically uh, and uh, getting Kasumarzu, which is a, Sardinian cheese uh, that is infested on purpose with live maggots. I mean, that's how they sell. Uh, that real doesn't estate. sound like a compliment at all. Yeah. It, I, well, I mean, <laughs> that just yeah, that just I, sounds I like some housing in the Boston area, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't find the um oh the filters. God. How do I do it? Uh, that is a good question. Uh, they how do. How much cheese am I? I man, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Apparently, I'm a baby bell because I look like a snack. Um, and now, because I've said that, I have to go eject from my <laughs> 11th floor balcony uh, and, and never do this podcast again. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it's, uh, it, does, it does seem like, you know, in a lot of ways, it takes the your choices element out of this, but it, it's sort of the Instagram version of, you know, the BuzzFeed personality quiz, which spawned, yeah. I'm, uh, you know, a, as many think pieces as there are personality quizzes. Uh, I tried to find out how many there were on BuzzFeed's site just now before we started recording, and um, uh, there's not really a good way to find it, but I do know that they have enough that they published a ranking of their top 50 of the decade. Um, so, you know, 
use that well, as a guide. There's a lot of them. <laughs> so I think it is uh, important, first off, to kind of differentiate these groups. These, uh, this, if they're kind of like card games, you have the this one that we're talking about now on Instagram. I don't think it's based. They're not based in anything. Oh, of really course random. not. They're, it's it's basically playing war. Well, they analyze um, your face shape. Oh, no, someone out there has saved your face, so now they have your face, probably. But no, there it's it's completely real. So it's like playing yeah, because you can because you can do the same filter twice in a row and get two different results. Despite like, See, not ever moving, our, the we camera. we have a science podcast. But so you're playing, you're playing, you're declaring, you're playing the card game war. Uh, whereas these, you know, the BuzzFeed personality quizzes, those aren't. They're they're like go fish. They don't take a lot of skill. <laughs> they're kind of cute, but you are you do have to have some kind of theory. Now, on the other end, like the first one I took when I think of these, I think of like a Myers Briggs test. Which is okay. Then you're playing like spades. Basically, there is some involvement. See, you have to think about it. There's strategy, uh, and and you also feel like you put more in. And so getting out, I think, is is maybe you feel more like, oh, this this gets me. But I don't know if they even really do. See, I'm more inclined to think that the Meyer, like taking the Myers Briggs test, is more like uh, Myers and Briggs running a three card Monty on you. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably accurate. <laughs> you know, to, I'm the the wonderful, uh, open minded, cynical bastard I am. Uh, I tend to be very cynical about, uh, uh, very skeptical of the idea that uh, this quiz will accurately identify what my personality is and, and offer me some sort of meaningful insight into who I am. Uh, and those are the ones that are are supposed to be taken seriously. Like those are the ones that sometimes you take as part of your job. Uh, yep. You know, much less uh, answer some silly questions, and we'll tell you which contestant you are from this season of The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, so so what you just said, the ones that you take with with your job, um, there are some that are supposed to be very serious. Um, I at work have those and and they do it seriously and it comes up a lot um they try to make it fun but you're supposed to be thinking in that framework a lot of the time or they want us to but on the other end i mean knowing what kind of cheese you are is really fun and it, it can then you get to discuss it and you learn something that what cheese you are and then that it's a weird cheese. I, I mean, Max, I, I think that I don't think I've ever taken one. I've probably taken a BuzzFeed quiz, but talking to your coworkers or wh- whoever about your results becomes a a fun thing. You feel like you've learned something about yourself, and then maybe you do take that mindset of I'm that character. Of course, I'm that character. <clears throat> yeah, I've taken a lot, a lot of BuzzFeed <laughs> quizzes. There's a lot on there. Um, I think they're great fun. I think you get to see, and you can find the the people that get the same results as you. That's always fun. You know, like, what country should you visit next? Sponsored by TripAdvisor or something. There, We'll get into that in a minute. But, um, no, I think it's, I, there's no harm in it. Yeah, I think they're very different. The BuzzFeed one's very different from, like, a Myers-Briggs. I would also, you know, Sean, I, I understand your skepticism, but are you are you skeptical in that they produce accurate results, or are you skeptical that they provide any any insider value to anyone like if you if you tell someone they're in more extroverted than their coworker next to them are you saying that's not valuable 
are you saying that's not accurate? Are you saying that's not valuable for them to know? Are you saying that has nothing to do with the their job and their work? Oh, okay, so I, it that depends. My answers to those depend a lot on the different types of the quizzes. Um, for the for the more serious ones, I think I think what I'm skeptical of is anything that claims that it's going to give you like an accurate assessment of your broad personality. Um, I will say that uh, in my in my time in the the professional universe, uh, I I did um, on, on a couple occasions this similar product called the communication jungle, which you know is all about understanding your communication style, and that like I see a tangible benefit in terms of like it makes sense to. Uh, you know, it that has useful value as you're building teams in a professional context. You want to make sure that you have, you know, an appropriate mix of people who like work and communicate in different ways, compatible ways, depending on like what project it is. And that makes sense to me. It's the broader, like you're introverted or extroverted. That one seems a little. A little nebulous uh for the for the more innocent the the silly ones uh the the non uh the non-professional context ones you hit on it with the um uh sponsored by TripAdvisor. like it's a skepticism about like what the real purpose of this is and and who is mm-hmm. benefiting from it uh and and you know it's not even a skepticism. I know who's benefiting from it. It's BuzzFeed and BuzzFeed's advertisers who are benefiting yeah. from you like, spending which, time which that donut you otherwise would you prefer to eat. And I'm like, right. that one. And then they're they're and benefiting. Then the donut company can make donuts that look like that one. And, and it goes back to something and then I that get to I eat them. <laughs> yeah, it goes back to something that I know I've talked about in several contexts in the last you know few months on this podcast of like they're competing with every possible activity you could be doing in your life not it's not you know buzzfeed isn't competing with all of the other potential personality quiz sites on the web they're competing with all of those plus spotify plus podcasts plus you know reading a book for all you nerds still out there uh, with naps with just like doing anything else uh, you know so naps. so like they're they're the personality quizzes they, they've decided you know buzzfeed has decided that you know you're you are not reading enough buzzfeed news articles you're not reading their like real actual hard-hitting journalism so they better keep you on buzzfeed's site clicking through the donut quiz as long as possible yeah and and I think that you you've kind of backed into something which is really important with for these and I think Max effectively talked about it too which is these are really nice distraction you're not supposed oh, for to sure. take them seriously and if you're on a computer eight hours a day which more and more people are this is a really nice way to create a sense of community you all take a break you take them you discuss it over coffee and then you go back to work the ones that I think are I am more skeptical is the wrong word, just concerned about are 
uh, a Myers-Briggs or some of the other ones which which try to say, like, oh, this is the way you work. Um, and even something as old as uh, horoscopes and astro- astrology stuff because what that is doing is instead of, like, okay, you are like this donut or you like this TV character because of the way you answer these questions – These are saying, like, you make the choices you make and will continue to do so because you are this type of person. And here are some thoughts about the type of person you are. And I think that that can be very dangerous. Yes. So so you mentioned horoscopes. I want to come back to that in a second. But one of the things, you know, I I know I I expressed uh, a lower level of skepticism with sort of one kind of thing. Uh, namely the communication jungle that I took uh, when I was working at Merkel. And I think part of part of the benefit of that is that I actually took it multiple times over the mm-hmm. course of my employment there. I think you get into a lot of trouble if you like take some sort of personality quiz one time and say, okay, well, this has drawn a conclusion for me about who I am. If you take it over time and you keep track of the results, there is actually, you know, now you've created value to these things by understanding how you've changed over time. Like, I know that my, you know, over time, as I went from being, you know, a brand new employee who was working my first actual full-time job to, like, being two and three years in and having gotten a promotion and having more responsibility, like the way that I worked and the way that I communicated, but really what it's showing me is the way that I think about problem solving situations at work changed a lot. So like I, I do, I do see some value to things like that if you use them right, but I don't, yeah. I think you've hit the nail on the head that, you know, in a lot of ways uh, similar to something like the, uh, the dockless scooter is that like people don't use them well. They go and they use them once and leave them in the middle of the sidewalk for someone else to trip over later. And, and they may also be used as a as a crutch almost. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I think to Pierce's point, like if people say, "Oh, I'm not a morning person," like me, I'm not a morning person. What does that even? What does that mean? It just means that I don't wake up in the morning. It, it, like it if, means if a, if a chest you... tells me that I'm an introvert, then it's like, oh, I guess I, I shouldn't go to parties anymore or something and then it's like well why are you you know taking that test as if it's part of yourself same thing as saying i'm not a morning person and being like that's not a thing you you can wake up in the morning if you want to if you want to well calling you not a morning person just means that you haven't seen a morning in 17 years it's been a long time (laughs) Um, unless you define i mean morning is like when the sun's still up right I mean, if you can still eat brunch, it's morning. And for Max, that I'll is I'll eat brunch important. until 2. So, yeah, I've, I've seen plenty of mornings. So that's a good point. So I, I think that what you get at and is my ultimate concern and frustration with some of this stuff is that people use this as a way to explain their actions such that they don't take ownership for them. And they're saying – ah, I do this because of this thing that I can't control. It's just yes. the way it is. It's like, no, you're taking, you are voluntarily taking away your free will and assigning it to, uh, 
I don't I don't want to just pick on astrology, but there is a really great Vox explained on Netflix that you can watch on it. Um, things that aren't even actually that set. I mean, because there's been a new sign that has been added because of the way the universe moves and everything else. And again, it's not based in science. I know it gives people really some solace and they like it, but you are taking your free free will and voluntarily giving it to a thing that really has nothing to do with you. It's horoscopes. And it's another thing. This is fortune cookies, guys. These are fortune cookies. Oh, no. Aren't fortune cookies real? I mean, don't they know that I'm going to eat that fortune cookie and so it knows <laughs> it knows exactly who I am and it's been watching the whole big brother has been watching the whole time and has delivered that fortune cookie to me. No. That's just I don't I mean, I don't know. Movies. I tend to think that the only truly honest fortune cookie is the one that says you're going to enjoy some takeout tomorrow. And even that one isn't really true because what I'm going to enjoy that takeout at midnight tonight drunk. Like, mm. you know, so it, it is, but it, it does, it does seem like, you know, these serve as a way for people to excuse or, or diminish their own ownership of like what they do in life and who they are it, it it all sort of reminds me a bit of there's like an old commercial i want to say it's like a dr pepper commercial where everyone wears around a t-shirt that says like what kind of person they are uh and, and it, it it seems a lot like that to me it's like who there's a, a need to put a label on well i am this type of person like what does that mean who who cares? How do, do you know whether or not, you know, being not a morning person makes you more or less likely to be compatible with someone who is? Like I don't know. Maybe maybe it really works. So it's interesting you mentioned compatibility because I mean we've talked about dating apps multiple times on this <laughs> podcast, uh, but I know that true. some of them I think ask a good bit of questions like that to try to match people up um do you think that's effective i think like i think match.com for one well, maybe asks you like 100 personality questions and then tries to find someone that's personality match with you 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 might not be into fine sneakers but and so that might not matter to you, but it might matter a lot to other people and they might match on that. And you, so you don't put any value in that, just like some people don't put value in horoscopes. But if you, I mean, I think with profiles in any case, if you put that in your effectively bio, you are saying that that is an important component of you. And whether we agree that, you know, whether we say that a, these personality quizzes, uh, personality explainers are silly, if you put value in it, and you create a community from that, yeah, then it's that does match because you have you might have these similar interests and that's that's a lot of the times how people start swiping and, and matching is like, oh, they like hiking too. Well, I like hiking. I'd like to talk to somebody who likes hiking. Yeah, and, and I think as it pertains to like the dating sites, they're uh, the founder of OKCupid wrote a book called Dataclism uh, that kind of explores some of the research and the you know the scientific process that they all undertake with that and trying to figure out like what sort of traits are compatible with 
people and, and you know, they're doing research. Presumably they're, you know, surveying couples that got married or couples that didn't work out uh, and asking them some of the same questions. Like BuzzFeed is not doing like, you know, post research on whether people who get, you know, Chandler in the what friend are you quiz are more likely to be compatible with people who get Monica. Like they're they're not they're just not doing that. So, yeah. you know, I, I do. I think it's a bit of a different, you know, it's a different ball game. I, I think that and that makes me think of something, which is that taking a, a quiz and it telling you that, oh, you're a you're a Ravenclaw, you're a Slytherin. Um, I think in some ways, if you if someone asks you, which one do you associate with? What's what's your favorite character? And you're given a, a reason to explain it. That is that can be really telling about people because you might get a sense of okay here's a choice they made they like this person because I like Ron Swanson because I also think that having a store of a valuable good so if the economy collapses I think that's really smart if if someone said that to me I would learn a lot about them I might think <laughs> that they're kind of strange as, because I have a different view as long as you get the explanation what. What's more important is mm-hmm. not knowing whether someone is a, a Ravenclaw. It's knowing whether someone sees themselves as the kind of person who values, you know, wit and intellect over other things. Like, it, you know, it's not the actual top line result. It, it, I mean, it's like political polling. Like, the actual top line result is almost always like the least important and useful thing to look at Mm -hmm. yeah um i think that's that's a that's a good point um if there is some kind of explanation in there as opposed to just accepting this like you said top line thing but so so the other thing is that ultimately what these are all showing you is not who you are they're showing you how you see yourself and that like that is that's an important distinction because it's not because you know it's not set in stone it's a it's a perception you know could easily so i shouldn't vote based off of which candidate buzzfeed told me i was uh no, although the sponsored by Michael Bloomberg. <laughs> although the the Washington Post, uh, the Washington yeah. Post quiz, where they you know they ask you to kind of mark yourself on a, a spectrum or or agree or disagree with a number of different policy positions, I actually do think is very useful. Yeah, but that that assumes, and I think this might go this fits in well with that. That's a very rational thing, and that's expecting people to act rationally and on what they think as opposed to how they feel. And I don't know if you all have been paying attention the last, I don't know, four to eight years of, of time, but people are way, way more into feeling as opposed to thinking nowadays. Because that's what – that's what the, I mean, that's what a meme is. We've talked about this before. A meme is is trying to apply language to a feeling. TFW 
and here's a face that expresses you know how you feel when you drop spaghetti that you just put out pulled out of the microwave onto the floor here's a funny meme but it does get at that which is we are creating communities out of feelings i mean and being baby bell is that yeah well you know there's a whole book that i I keep i think i've bugged you to read once or twice that i just got i also haven't read it so i shouldn't bug you so much called because internet uh the Mm. premise of which is that yes that is happening and yet uh actually that is a really good thing because before the meme we didn't really have a good way like written written language didn't do a proper job of expressing the range of human emotions and feelings and like you know that that's a point of view that you could disagree with uh i i think i made that point on our podcast so i hope that that person (laughs) who wrote the book gives me some money uh but i what i'm getting at is you know if you're gonna use if you're gonna use an online quiz to help you determine who you vote for uh, maybe let it be one that asks you, uh, do you think that uh, there should be universal background checks to buy guns? Not one that says, what adjective would your friends use to describe you? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It's like 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 Saturn, a gaseous di- giant. That's that's what that's what it would be. I mean, you know the you know we just like you don't know what. I'm fascinated a little bit by how these things are made. Uh, and, and that's maybe a thing for another time because I know that we don't want to bore you for too long. But just like, you know, I, I, if you game out a decision tree for all of the possible combinations of answers, like if there's a nine, you know, if there's a nine question BuzzFeed quiz and every question only has two answers, then you're still looking at, you know, something like what 500 is it 512 possible uh you know combinations of all the answers obviously there are not 512 possible results so how do you simplify those decision trees what happens when there are more than two possible answers to the question what happens when there's like nine because sometimes these buzzbee quizzes are completely insane you know so like there's there's clearly you know there's so much that's built into you know these online distractions that we don't understand so it's i think it's important to not draw too many serious conclusions about who you are as a person yeah. from them yeah so uh okay uh anybody have final thoughts they want to add before we move on max is the resident expert so i will defer to him <laughs> I think we should probably publish something that's like, what podcast should you listen to next? And and put a bunch of questions to, to pick out, and then the answer is, is this podcast, no matter what they pick. <laughs> sponsored by Pretty Okay Pod. I don't, I don't some, of the, some of the sponsored ones on BuzzFeed are really bad. I know. I don't think I'll we have the budget. I'll still take them, and then two questions in, I'm like, this isn't even, like, you're not even trying to make this fun. It's like, which life insurance policy should you buy? And it's like, this is not... <laughs> Which cheese are you sponsored by Velveeta, which is not you, actually you know cheese. What? You know what? Ooh, it's good, though. We'll, we'll wrap on this. There actually is a meaningful conclusion that can be drawn from the fact that you are the type of person who saw the what life insurance policy should you get BuzzFeed quiz and did it anyway. <laughs> that's the meaning. That's the meaningful data point, as it were. Um, okay. 
So on that note, we will move on as we do every week to Pierce is sorry. What are you apologizing for today? So as as happens sometimes, I as we started discussing this, I realized that that there's a thing related to it that's been going on and I didn't realize how uncomfortable I was with it, which is these are huge on Instagram right now. They're everywhere. <clears throat> And people want to share them in their stories. And I got a couple people who, who did them, who are my, you know, I'm connected with on Instagram. And Instagram has this close friends thing. It's like a circle that's that's green and it says close friends. And the people I'm thinking about that that I got that from, uh, you know, I feel like I should should apologize because I certainly don't think of them as close friends and i feel like i should stay connected because we have all these different ways to stay connected but also is this i don't know if this is instagram messing with with my head like i don't know how you figure out who your close friends are i i've never done it you have to you have to specify who it is in which case so now this social media site is messing with my head the one that i actually use regularly and then I also feel terrible because I am not being a close friend to this person because if I actually was their close friend, I wouldn't only know about them from Instagram. Or at least in my mind, that's what it is. But the label itself doesn't mean anything. So again, I'm letting Instagram give me a an existential crisis of sorts, which I should not give a social media site that much power i know how to text people i know how to call them or email them or be thoughtful and personal send them a dm even so i'm i'm sorry for not being better connected to these people and i'm sorry that this is to myself but one should have more willpower than letting uh instagram give you an existential crisis yeah you don't have to tell us when you're actually apologizing to yourself we've gotten pretty good at spotting it well, this one there are actually two. There are two. There are two divergent paths, but they start yes. in the same place. Yes, but the warning signs but were like, the warning signs were there from the jump, for sure. I mean, the warning sign. The warning sign was here is this portion of the podcast where he is going to share. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty anyways. much. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, Do they have an enemies list? Because you know you keep your friends close and you keep your enemies closer, or is that just? that that's just what dms are i think those are your enemies <laughs> maybe that's actually how these people are using their close friends list they're actually treating it as an enemies list who knows hard to say uh but uh i don't think we're going to get an answer so we'll we'll move on and close the show with a big idea from pop culture uh, and I, i'm going to be honest uh originally my plan was to talk about the cheese thing that Emily got as the big idea, but we wound up spinning that into the main podcast. So uh, I have uh, been kind of going through the ridiculous backlog of uh, saved up podcast episodes that I have, uh, and uh, I've been enjoying today, we're, we're recording this on Martin Luther King Day, and, and I've been enjoying as I've been sort of going about on on the holiday and, and running errands and, and just sort of living life, uh, 
the second season of Mogul. The first season of Mogul was the story of this hip-hop executive named Chris Lighty who, you know, rose from, like, carrying record crates for a DJ to being, like, a major figure, like, signing deals for 50 Cent uh, and, and, you know, negotiating with Def Jam Records and, and stuff like that uh, before uh, mysteriously dying by by suicide uh, in a way that some people close to him still to this day don't believe uh, he would have done that. The second season takes a uh, left turn and heads down the eastern seaboard to Miami to check in with two live crew and their legal troubles uh, surrounding the album as nasty as they want to be. And uh, I, I'm really, I'm enjoying listening to, you know, uh, these interviews, not just with the members of the two live crew, but actually with the, you know, the focus on the family types and the, you know, the conservative Christians who, who rose a, you know, made a whole big stink about raunchy rap lyrics in the 80s. Uh, and there's very much a, a a scene similar to uh, what was depicted in Straight Outta Compton, where N.W.A. plays this show in, I think, in Detroit, and they get arrested after the show, like after this album was ruled obscene in court in Broward County, Florida. Like they go perform it at a show, uh, and Luther Campbell gets arrested. Uh, but you know, really, you know, he, he was one of the driving figures, uh, in pushing for first amendment protection of music, even music that some people might find objectionable. And so like, you know, he's a, he's a fascinating figure. So, uh, if you are into music, uh, if you're into the first amendment uh, and you're looking for more podcasts, the second season of mogul is pretty neat. Uh, yeah. So that is the end of the show. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty Okay Pod or at our home on the web www.prettyokaypod.com. You can subscribe to our feed on your podcast app of choice uh, because Spotify is not in talks to buy us. Uh, if you do that, please do us a favor. Disclose. Uh, leave a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing. Or just tell a friend about the show because we'd love to share what we're doing with them as well. We'll be back again next week as always to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. Thanks. For